I'm not going to say she's lying at all. I had a particular situation myself that my older brother, God bless him, got me out of because there was someone like that in my life. Y'all, you deserve professional hair color that makes you look your gorgeous best delivered right to your door. You can take your hair coloring at home to the next level with Madison Reed, and it starts at just $22. Women have had two options for coloring their hair for decades. That at-home color you got out of a box that's outdated or going to the time and expense of a traditional salon. Many clients of Madison Reed comment on how their new hair color has improved their lives. Women love their gorgeous, shiny, multidimensional, healthy-looking hair. This is game-changing color you can do at home. And you'll look like you just came out of the salon. Madison Reed color is unique because it's crafted by master colorists who blend nuances of light, dark, cool, and warm tones. And they create over 55 gorgeous, multidimensional shades. Find your perfect shade at madison-reed.com. Best case, worst case listeners get 10% off plus free shipping on their first color kit with code best case. That's code best case. Hello and welcome to best case, worst case. This is worst case scenario. Jim and I are going to just jump right back into it. We left off talking about Dr. Christine Ford and her allegation against Brett Kavanaugh, Supreme Court nominee. So Jim, let's just jump right back in. And I want to go back to when we're talking about memory and all that stuff. I did have a traumatic incident, a crime that was committed against me when I was 15. But the difference between me reporting it 10 years later to the FBI, NYPD, Sexual Exploitation of Children Task Force was that actually concurrently, very close after the event, I went to my high school guidance counselor and reported it to him. And turns out he happened to be a Catholic priest, and it turns out he happened to be a Catholic priest who was molesting boys in my class and, and years before and years after. Oh, and he told me that he forgave me for my sins, and he told me to say 10 Our Fathers and 10 Hail Marys, and don't speak of it again. So I had reported it contemporaneous with it happening, and then I didn't for 10 more years. But at that point, 10 years later, I was a prosecutor. I had learned a lot more about Catholic priests molesting kids, and I had learned about sexual victimization of children. So I understood that I was groomed, I understood the process, and I went through. But I will tell you this, at that time that I was recounting it, only 10 years later, I know that there were a number of things I just didn't remember about the events. Yes, I remember it was a traumatic event. Yes, I remember some details very well. But other details I didn't remember very well. And that's just the fault of memory. It's not anybody's fault. It's just the fault of memory. And so to wait 30 years and speak about it for the first time has a very risky component to it. That the memory has been so faded that it's so difficult to recall it so that your brain fills in gaps that you just can't remember. and. It would be nice to know 
exactly where she said this happened. So we could verify how the stairs were laid out. So we could verify who was actually there that night. So we could verify whether Brett Kavanaugh and Mike Judge were actually at this party at the same time. But it doesn't seem like we're going to have that opportunity. And so, like you said, I don't know if this is ever going to be fully vetted. But can we then condemn Brett Kavanaugh, who has, by all accounts, had an exemplary career, has had an exemplary personal life, has a family that he loves and cares for, has a mother that he looks up to. Can we condemn him for that okay. if it can't be vetted? So the FBI, there have been calls both by uh, Dr. Ford, her lawyers, and a lot of uh, partisans on one side of the aisle saying that there should be an FBI investigation of this claim. Let's talk about that, Jim. You've already said FBI doesn't have jurisdiction. Certainly, that doesn't mean the White House couldn't order them to or they couldn't take it upon themselves as part of you know, expanding into his background check, which, by the way, he's been through at least six times as a public figure in the last 25 years. But let's just say the FBI does decide to investigate. They say, OK, there's been a claim. We're not going to resolve this. The president wants us to investigate it or the attorney general has given us special jurisdiction. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. They could do it as part of his background investigation. Yes. So they want them to do that. So what do they do? We have recently, just today, it's come to light that Dr. Ford, through her lawyers, again, not herself, but through her lawyers, again, on paper, as far as we know, has named someone named PJ, a man, that she, a boy at the time, that she says was at this party. That person has identified himself through a lawyer, also only on paper, credibility we cannot assess, but has issued a denial. He has said that he has never been to a party where any event like that happened, to his knowledge, and he has never known Brett Kavanaugh to act in the way that she's described. Okay, well, again, that cuts against her credibility again. Yes. But we were talking about this hypothetical FBI investigation. So they at least have someone to talk to. Yeah, they, could, they should talk to her first, yes, right? of course. Find out exactly in detail what the allegations are. And that would be a long interview. Am I right, I Jim? would hope so, yeah. I mean, there's going to be a lot of questioning, a lot of questioning about whether or not the events happened the way she said. And so a good FBI agent, as you were, would test all of her assertions. Sure. And find out if there's anything that's verifiable. Now, clearly, if she has put forth this guy, PJ, PJ, as somebody who could corroborate her story, and he does the exact opposite, that's that doesn't help her credibility. No. But again, just like you said earlier, why would she add the name of another witness when he could refute her allegations? The inverse isn't true, though. The fact that she included him it doesn't mean that her allegations are accurate or truthful. No, but I find it interesting, Jim. That's two eyewitnesses. She's placed on the scene, apparently, it seems, without talking to them in advance. It's not like this is a conspiracy to make this allegation against Judge Kavanaugh. These two witnesses she puts on the scene have denied what she said. And so I find it significant, and I, it just makes me wonder it ticks me over into, okay, maybe we're talking about a false account because of the things that we've talked about as far as 
It certainly can't be verified. There aren't the details we might expect. There have been denials by the eyewitnesses. But perhaps, as you've said, maybe she's just mistaken, whether it's the identity of the people involved or the exact incident that itself, exactly what happened. Yeah, I She's mean, misremembered. Well, the fact that both of these people have denied being involved in the situation or witnessing the situation or seeing Brett Kavanaugh do anything like that are just indicators that her memory is faulty. That's no fault of hers. I'm not necessarily going to say she's deliberately lying. I'm not going to say she's lying at all. She may very well believe that's what happened, but her memory is not a perfect recollection of what happened. Our memories are not video cameras or digital cameras that record precisely what happens. Our memories, in fact, what many people don't realize is pieces of our memories are stored in various different sites in our brain. The colors, the temperature, the ambience, the sounds, the lights, everything is stored in a different part in our brain. And we have to pull all those pieces together to recollect that memory. And every time we do that, we can leave pieces in certain places and our brain fills in the pieces that it can't remember. And that becomes our new memory. And that's the fault of trying to rely just on memory. We can't do it because memory is malleable. Well, especially memory from 36 years ago. Now, what the FBI should do in this investigation is look for any kind of corroborating evidence. How do we do that? Well, let's talk about somebody like Bill Cosby. Now, there's an allegation against Bill Cosby. Then there's two. Then there's 20. Then there's 60. And you can interview all those people and look for consistencies and inconsistencies. You can look for dates and times and places. Were they together at those times? And that is one of the problems with this allegation. And that is, she doesn't know when or where or what time. And now it seems like she doesn't know who else was there. Well, and there's certainly no evidence so far of any kind of pattern of behavior by Judge Kavanaugh. In fact, quite the opposite. Not only have these potential eyewitnesses denied being there or that he acted in that way anytime they ever saw, but also you have girls who dated him in high school. And I found this evidence to be, or these these accounts, and I did see these myself. Mm -hmm. These women have been on TV and have been questioned about it. And they have come forward and said, not only have they never seen Judge Kavanaugh act this way when he was 17, when they dated him, but they never even heard a whisper in high school that he behaved that way. No ex-girlfriend ever ran around telling stories that he behaved in this way. And I find that kind of character evidence to be significant in this case, because I, it's a long time ago now, but I remember high school and we all knew the creepy guys, the quote creepy guys, the ones you didn't want to date, the ones the girls after they finished dating would say the guy got rough with her sometimes or maybe even struck her or shook her. I had a particular situation myself that my older brother, God bless him, got me out of because there was someone like that in my life. And so we know those things as women, as girls, we know those boys that are creepy and there's none of that evidence in this case. Right. And you know, they should continue to look for that kind of evidence. And if they find it, then that would tend to corroborate this. If they don't find it, then there's no corroboration for it. Yes. Well, and I want to go back to I want to go back to what I said right at the beginning. 
there were no reported words exchanged. What that tells me is not only did the victim not say that Brett Kavanaugh said, I'm going to have sex with you, I'm going to rape you, something like that, but she said Brett tried to take off her clothes. Now, there are other things, and I don't want to speak about them publicly until I hear her speak, because I don't want to put these things in her brain or anybody else's, but I'll be looking for them Yes. and different types of details. And when I see them or don't see them, then I can comment about it. But right now, I'm, we're kind of operating only in the vacuum that she has created, only in the vacuum based on what we've gotten in this written statement and what her lawyer has said. So we'll try to keep talking about this as this unfolds. But I really believe that if Brett Kavanaugh was, as reported, drunk, and this young girl at 15 who had had two drinks, I don't know what her history was in drinking. I don't know if she had developed a tolerance to alcohol or whether she hadn't. And she was very drunk. I don't know. There's a lot of perhapses here and we can't go there. But if he was drunk and she at least had some level of alcohol in her system, there may have been confusion and mixed signals. But what's important here is that she didn't want the sexual activity to happen. And the sexual activity didn't happen by her own report. True. And that may or may not have been because the other guy piled on. And it may or may not have been because the guys were horsing around and she was taking it seriously. And it may or may not have been that he got the message that she didn't want to do anything. And so he stopped. It's a difficult situation. It's a very difficult situation. It's one that's prone to a lot of issues. And this is why I wrote the episode Target Rich for Criminal Minds. Because unfortunately, when girls are in an environment where there's alcohol and there's loud music and there's partying going on. There's bathing suits. Bathing suits. There Maybe it was a pool party. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously, it's a risky situation mixing alcohol with teenagers is a bad thing. And I hope that this actually didn't happen. I hope that Brett Kavanaugh never did anything like this because I know him as a man, as an attorney, as an honorable man, as an honorable attorney, and a great judge. So again, as I disagree with some of his stands on issues, I know him as a person, and I can't get away from that. I'm not claiming to be unbiased about this, but I will definitely, whether I know the person or not, look for indicators of truthfulness, look for ways to corroborate a witness, and also look for ways to refute it. Well, and Jim, to me, what is so important here, two points. One, I am unbiased. I don't know either of the people involved. And I've certainly spent my career fighting for women and girls who've been victimized. Me too. I, of course you have. And I, I have to say, I am distressed whenever I hear someone say, you must believe women. We must believe all women who make an allegation. That is an absurd statement and completely against the constitutional norms that built this country and well, built our it's legal It's unfortunate, system. but there are 
men and women who lie, men and women who make false allegations, men and women who do things to hurt other people for uh, ulterior motives. And that could be monetary. It could be political. It could be personal. There are all kinds of reasons. There are thousands of different reasons. However, what we have an obligation to do as investigators, as prosecutors, as citizens is listen to the facts, do whatever we can to investigate them, yes. and then make a judgment based on that, not based on emotion, or, not based on politics, not based no. on just gender. Or just based on the raw allegation. I don't know what, I'm a woman. I don't think I have any more credibility than you do in life, Jim. Well, that's not true. You know, I think I actually do. Oh, I got to rephrase that. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. The truth is, though, that just because women make an allegation doesn't make it true. Just because men deny it doesn't make the denial true. Just because men say it happened doesn't mean what it's true. What we have to do, what the right thing is to do, is to stop disbelieving people yes. just because they're women. Yes, That's agreed. what we have to do. But we don't just absolutely believe any woman or any man, for that matter, just because they said it. Yes. There are other things we have to do. We have a responsibility. And certainly you don't convict anybody without fully investigating and fully prosecuting. That's right. The problem in this case is it can never be prosecuted. Of course not. Not only is the statute of limitations gone, but this attempted crime that she alleges is a crime by a juvenile. Well, and if it even happened, I'm not sure anyone would be able to prove that it is an attempted rape, even if it happened the way she but, says it does, because we have no but, indicators but, of that. No, we don't. But that's not the crime that she alleges. I mean, many times people come into our offices and allege a crime yes. and you listen to the facts and you realize that's not that crime. Right. It may be this lesser crime. Yes. For example, in this case, she doesn't allege any facts that would rise to the level of attempted rape. No. There just aren't any facts that indicate that. But it could be an attempted sexual assault. It could be an attempted temporary false imprisonment. Or possibly a battery. It could be a lot of things, Jim. But that's the point that I think Jim and I are trying to make is that there are people all over Twitter. I've been watching it for days now, all over Twitter, calling Judge Kavanaugh a rapist. That's just ridiculous. And then there are also the opposites, which I also want to call out. So you cannot call Judge Kavanaugh a rapist. That's appalling. But you also should not be issuing death threats against Dr. Ford for making this allegation. I didn't know that was happening. That of is course. happening. That's a crime. That is that a crime. is a crime. That is an absolute crime. And until and unless this is fully vetted, which I can just say on a political standpoint, being a political science major, Jim, I don't think it's ever going to be fully vetted. But until and unless that happens, we cannot call her allegations false. We may question them, and I do. I don't know if her allegation is false. I certainly don't know if it's purposefully false. And I would never call Judge Kavanaugh at this point a rapist. There's no evidence of that at all. And so I think what what I wanted us to do today is to talk to our listeners about sort of how these things arise, false allegations, true allegations, the difference and what we think is going to happen next, because I think that's what our listeners will, if we don't talk about it, are going to write me in and say, what do you guys think is going to happen next in the case? And of course, neither one of us have a crystal ball. Right. I want to go back, though. Just You just said there's no evidence that he's a rapist. Yes. There is no credible allegation that he's a rapist. 
There is no indication in the detailed letter that she wrote or the statements that her attorney has made that actually amounts to attempted rape. No, there right. has to be some stated or acted out behavioral indication that rape is what was about to happen. Yes. You don't know, and I don't know, and she most likely doesn't know whether Brett Kavanaugh was a virgin at this time, whether he had ever intended to have sex with her, whether he ever intended to have sex with any woman outside of marriage. You don't know that. Nobody does. No, no one does. And that's a that's a real important factor here. He may have never had that on his mind, even if he did everything she said. Listen, I just have to be fair about it. I think it's very clear that uh, her lawyers, for sure, I don't know about her, but her lawyers and the Democrats on the Judiciary Committee who've spoken out about it and all say she must be believed and who've said that there's been a credible rape attempt by Judge Kavanaugh have no idea what they're talking no. about, but they don't care, Jim. Right. They're trying to destroy him. And I don't want to get into politics about President Trump and it being all about President Trump because he's the one who nominated Judge Kavanaugh. To me, that's irrelevant here. What's relevant is you have an allegation that at this point cannot be supported. And you've got uh, people calling Judge Kavanaugh a rapist and people calling to, you know, kill Dr. Ford. The, all of these things are equally appalling, and none of it should be happening. And I don't understand how we've gotten here in this country, but you and I fought for justice our whole careers, and what is happening here is not justice to either Judge Kavanaugh or Dr. Ford. I agree. Francie, you mentioned that you wouldn't bring the case, and I just don't know if there's a case to bring people emotionally speaking out about rape and all this other stuff, there's just no world in which that is actually supported by what we know from this person so far. And then to say that, that you, because you said you wouldn't take this case are somehow selling your soul it's just not supported by the facts. No, and someone, just for context, everybody, somebody on Twitter uh, saw my clip tonight on Fox News and said I was debasing myself by giving this opinion that based on what I know now, I certainly couldn't bring a case as a prosecutor. And so I think the the message here is that Jim and I agree, it's, I know everyone, shocking, but Jim and I agree that there are questions in our minds about the account. Uh, we don't know what happened. I'm not sure we'll ever know what happened. Right, but we hope to get answers yes. if and when she does testify. Yes. And I mean, if, we're looking forward to that. Yes. If, as she says, she thinks it's her public duty to bring this information to the public because of the position that Judge Kavanaugh is sitting for, then I hope she follows through and comes forward truly publicly so that we can judge her. I, you know, I just want to say one last thing about this. I've seen a lot of clips tonight of a lot of politicians saying that Dr. Ford shouldn't be expected to be cross-examined or shouldn't be expected to be challenged in an open hearing. I have put five-year-old little girls on the witness stand who were challenged by experienced defense attorneys when they were alleging horrific things that happened to them. If they can do it, 
she can do it. And I'm offended by the people who say that we should simply accept her paper claim that he attempted to rape her and stop his career in its tracks. I think it's appalling. Well, it's not even about his career. It's about that's outrageous. You cannot do that. You cannot do that under our justice system. It's why we broke away from the British system, because kings can make decisions like that. Here, we have due process, and he deserves due process, and hopefully he'll get it. I want to mention one other thing, because I was very much aware and following and interested when Anita Hill made allegations against Clarence Thomas when he was being confirmed for his position in the Supreme Court. And I thought that she got an unfair shake in that process. But I didn't know any details about it. It wouldn't be till many years later when I was actually sitting in front of the nine Supreme Court justices and got to meet them and got to see their behavior. Then I saw Clarence Thomas and his behavior. And I will tell you this, his behavior was very different than all of the other justices. And I feel that that was kind of consistent with what he's reported to have said to Anita Hill. Interesting. It is interesting. And I'd like to hear somebody tell me that they witnessed that kind of behavior, behavior consistent with this allegation from Brett Kavanaugh over the last 36 years. Because I only have a two-year window where I work closely with him. I've known him since then. And again, full disclosure, I congratulated him on his nomination and wished him luck because I believe he's a good person. And even though ideologically we may be very different, I trust him as a human being. I think he is an honorable man. I believe that. And that's not based on just me meeting him once and it's me working with him and me being an FBI profiler and me being a pretty good judge of how behavior can speak volumes about what a person is really about. That's fascinating, Jim. And it it means a lot to me, given your background in history and your knowledge about behavior and people and how they behave. So everyone, I hope that we have elucidated some interesting facts about this uh, issue in the news, ripped from the headlines, the Kavanaugh confirmation hearings. We will continue to follow it if we have other things to report, if and when. Dr. Ford elects to testify and put herself forward before the public. We'll certainly come back and evaluate that. If Judge Kavanaugh testifies again about these allegations, which he has said he will and is willing to do in just a few days, we will come back and talk about our thoughts after we see his behavior in response to those kind of questions. That'd be great. And I hope that the process plays out and that we are able to actually hear more details from the actual people involved rather than on paper or through lawyers. Agreed. Well, thank you for listening to this edition of Worst Case Scenario. For now, Jim and I are signing off. Best case, worst case. Best Case, Worst Case is an XG production. Produced by Jim Clemente at Empire Studios, LA. Engineered and edited by Mike Thal. Music composed and performed by Simba Sumba and hosted by Wondering. You can listen to Best Case, Worst Case on your favorite listening app. We are on Spotify, Stitcher, 
Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Knowledge is power, and when we know the facts about sexual abuse, we can better protect kids. Darkness to Light has already trained more than 1.4 million adults to keep children safe from sexual abuse. I'm one of those 1.4 million, Jim. Using their Stewards of Children Prevention Training, they give you and gave me the facts, tools, and tips I needed to help keep the kids I love safe, and you can do the same with their Stewards of Children Prevention Training. Get trained today to prevent, recognize, and react responsibly to child abuse in your community. Learn more about Darkness to Light and child sexual abuse prevention at www.d2l.org. That's D, the numeral 2, L.org.